everybody. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Mostly I'm glad God is here. Jesus said, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, This is to be our prayer. This is to be the cry of our heart. It's the first thing Jesus taught us to pray. Hallowed is not a word we use very much, at least not a word I use very much. So what does that even mean? And why should that be first on our prayer list? Well, hallowed means to make sacred or holy or to treat something as sacred or holy. God's name is who God is. It is God himself and all that he is. So this is a prayer that God would be worshipped and honored and treated as holy. It's a prayer that the whole world would bow before God in reverence and awe and adoration and praise. It's the desire of the four living beings in the book of Revelation who say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's the desire of the angels in Revelation who declare blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor And power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. It's the cry of David in the Psalms where he said, Let all the earth fear the Lord and let all the people of the world revere Him. The Heidelberg Confession says, Hallowed be your name means to bless, to worship, and to praise you for all of your works, your mighty power, wisdom, kindness, Justice, mercy, and truth. And it means help us direct all of our living, what we think, what we say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. And Jesus is not teaching us only what to say. You know, a lot of people know the Lord's Prayer. They know how to say it. They know how to repeat the words of it. But Jesus is not only teaching us what to say. He is teaching us what to want. He's teaching us what to desire. He's teaching us to desire that God's name would be hallowed. And this prayer is a deep and burning desire for the honor and the glory of God. And the more we know and love our Father... His honor becomes the ultimate goal of life. And I believe that as we pray sincerely from the heart, hallowed be your name, God will more and more work a passion in our hearts for his honor and his glory. And the, heart, the cry of our heart will become, Father, hallowed be your name. The cry of our heart will be, may you My God, be exalted above the heavens, and may your glory be over the whole earth. Psalm 57, 11. Well, why is this prayer needed? Well, just look around you. The Lord himself said in Isaiah 52, 5, My name is blasphemed continually all day long. In heaven... God's name is honored without ceasing. On earth, God's name is despised, blasphemed, and flagrantly disobeyed 
all day long. The Lord himself said that. And so we are to pray, hallowed be your name. May your name be treated as holy and sacred. Cause your name to be worshipped with reverence on earth like it is in heaven. This is one of the most urgently needed prayers of our day. Maybe the most needed prayer of our day. A week ago, uh, Monday morning, I was reading on the Christian Post about the debauchery that had gone on the night before at the Grammy Awards. Uh, Two singers, Kim Petrus and Sam Smith, sang a song called Unholy. That's the name of the song, Unholy. And it was unholy. And they wanted it, wanted it to be unholy. Uh, and, the, and the entire performance was in blatant defiance of God and open worship of the devil. Even uh, the Daily Mail called it a tribute to Satan. Kim Petrus is a boy who transitioned to look like a girl at the age of 12 by undergoing uh, hormone treatments. Uh, the Christian Post said, Petrus became the first trans-identified artist to win a Grammy. Sam Smith, who identifies as non-binary, in other words, neither male or female, joined Petrus wearing a top hat with devil horns as dancers gyrated around him while Petrus sang from inside a cage as flames roared behind. Clad in all red leather, Smith was flanked by dancing, demon-looking figures as Petrus was locked in the cage behind, uh, as Petrus was locked in the cage behind chains as several more sinister figures wearing satanic headgear stood guard outside. And the performance was accompanied by sexualized antics that are really too perverse uh, to mention. So what do we pray when we see the name of God blasphemed right before our eyes? We pray, Our Father, hallowed be your name. We pray for the name of God to be glorified, honored, revered, and feared, and treated as holy. David's description in the Psalms which Paul repeated in the book of Romans is there is no fear of God before their eyes. This may be a little behind uh, some of you younger people, but uh, thanks to uh, Nike, there was a slogan a years ago, uh, no fear. And that slogan really became the slogan for a whole generation, no fear. And people began wearing that slogan on shirts and tennis shoes and t-shirts and hats and so forth and it was marketed as a a way to do sports you do sports especially extreme sports with no fear but I think ironically it expressed exactly what the scripture says is the basic posture of the human heart toward God no fear and I remember having a conversation with my brother when that slogan first came out and it seemed like everybody was wearing something that said no fear on it. And my brother Paul said, you know, when I see that slogan, I cannot help but think no fear of God. Isaiah thirty-seven twenty-three says, 
Whom have you taunted and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? You've lifted them against the Holy One of Israel. Pride before God, pride against God, sinning against God comes through an absence of reverential fear of the Holy One of Israel. And so, as a culture, we have embraced every kind of sexual immorality. Uh, Because we do not fear God, we defy the very God who made us male or female. The entire culture celebrates uh, sexual perversion that God calls an abomination. Uh, We fight for the right to kill babies in the womb. Uh, We scoff at God's words and at His laws. And sadly, instead of praying, hallowed be your name, much of the church is saying, we are good with that. I had a conversation with an old friend this week, and he told me the name of the church that he was going to. It concerned me, just from the name, and so I looked up the website And here are the three distinctives of this church that they have on their website. Number one, we are Christian. Christian means we perceive in Jesus the divine qualities of love, peace, joy, and justice. It does not mean we think Jesus is the only path to God. That's that's their statement of beliefs. They're they're not, not even hiding that anymore. The second statement of beliefs is we are diverse. Diverse means that we celebrate the differences among us such such as sexual orientation. And that's just code language for saying that we don't call people to repentance in our church. We don't regard these things as sin. We don't want to see people delivered from a life of debauchery and sin and set into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. No, we just, we just celebrate their sexual orientation and perversions, whatever they may be. The third uh, statement of belief is we are open-minded. I mean, what, what, a, what, what a statement of doctrinal belief for a church. We explore the Bible for its spiritual symbols and stories, but we do not use it as a heavy-handed authority to prove that we are right or righteous. And that's just code for saying we don't think much of God's word. We don't regard it as any kind of authority over us. We don't don't use the Bible as a heavy-handed authority. We're so much better than that. So what do we do when the world is in rebellion against God? What do we do when even much of the church is silent or even condoning the corruption that is in the world? Uh, What do we do when it feels like evil is winning or like we are losing? Uh, What do we do when the laws of God are despised and the name of God is dishonored? We pray, hallowed be your name. And that's a mighty prayer. This is something that we pray for God to do. Jesus was not merely saying, 
God's name is sacred, he is saying, cause your name to be hallowed. Cause your name to be honored. And he was telling us to pray that. Again, Psalm 5711, may you, my God, be exalted above the heavens and may your glory be over the whole earth. And we do not pray this in defeat or in despair. This prayer is not a wish. This is a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of confidence. God's name will be hallowed. That is the most sure thing in all the universe. God shall arise. His enemies shall be scattered. Psalm 68, 1. Ezekiel 39, 7 and 8. God said, my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel. And I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Yes, It is coming, and it will surely happen, declares the Lord God. Man, what a promise. In another place, God said, I will be treated as holy, and before all the people, I will be honored. God promises that he will be honored. His name will be treated as holy in all the earth. So ultimately, this prayer has a certain answer, and ultimately this prayer has a really big answer. The answer, the ultimate answer to this prayer is in the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, The answer is the kingdom of God on earth, and God's name will be hallowed on earth as it is in heaven, and, and it will never be blasphemed again. But this prayer is not only for this glorious future intervention It is a prayer for God to do something in our hearts right now, today. It's a cry of, may your name be hallowed in me and by me. May your name be hallowed in me and in us. May I regard you as holy. May I treat you as holy. May I never trivialize your name or use your name in a shallow or meaningless way. Paul said to the, to the Jews uh, in Romans, he said, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, or, and beca- because of your behavior. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, we are praying among other things, God, do not let me do anything that would cause others to dishonor or blaspheme your name. And so we It's a prayer that we are seeking to uphold the reputation, the integrity, the holiness of the name, the holy name. And we do that by how we live our lives, by how we speak of God, by how we treat God, by how we live before the face of God. One of our recent memory verses, the Lord said, consecrate yourselves and be holy for I am holy. Uh, We pray for God's name to be treated as holy, and we ourselves become part of the answer to that prayer. We become holy as an answer to that prayer. Holiness is not some kind of joyless, uh, no fun, 
uh, perverse view of, you know, some kind of antiquated false view of holiness. Uh, holiness is not measured by how many strict uh, rules we can keep that aren't even in the Bible. Uh, it's not the opposite of happiness. In fact, it's the, in fact, it's the companion of happiness. Uh, it's a life devoted to God, set apart for God. It's a life that belongs to Him, where your body is a living sacrifice, and you are very happy about that. You're happy to give yourself to God. That's what, uh, that's what true holiness is. And, and as we cry out for God's name to be hallowed, uh, reverence and holiness began to manifest in us, in our lives. Uh, we began, when, when, we, when we become concerned about the holiness of God, we, we begin to despise flippant and irreverent talk or coarse joking. Paul said, but among you, as is proper among the saints, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or crude joking which are out of character, but rather giving of thanks. And that's not a, a, an all-inclusive list, list of how we hallow the name of God, but it includes a lot of important things. But how we handle our sexuality, everything we say, uh, every attitude, even giving thanks becomes a part of a holy life and how we hallow his name. We hallow his name even by just giving thanks in all things. I read about one of the well-known athletes who was in the Super Bowl recently, and I read an article about him before the Super Bowl that said that he had decided to go all in for God and live for God's glory. And I thought, man, that is awesome. And then I read about his halftime speech to his teammates and it was filled with bleep this and bleep that and bleeping this, bleeping that. And I'm not saying he's not a Christian. I don't know his heart, but I am saying, brothers and sisters, like James said, these things ought not to be. We are to live in such a way that we show that we hallow the name of God, that we regard the name of God as holy, that we regard God as holy. There's another application that I think is really important, and that is to make this request uh, first in our prayer and first in our heart. In other words, this is not just uh, like uh, 99, one of 99 things out of 100 that we pray or whatever. It's, it's a top priority. It's, a, it's the first thing in our prayer. It's the first thing that Jesus said to pray. And it should be first in our heart. And when we pray uh, sincerely, our Father, hallowed be your name, all of a sudden, it puts our heart in harmony with the will of God. And our lives and our hearts line up with all that really matters. It sets us free from the bondage of a thousand smaller problems and fears and temptations. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, in effect, Jesus was saying, even though you may be in desperate conditions and circumstances with some great concern on your mind, even then, 
you should stop for a moment and realize that your greatest desire should be that this wonderful God who has become your father should be honored and should be worshipped and should be magnified among all people. And when we think that way, it removes the, the depression and the discouragement and the wrong attitudes from our prayers. I, you've, you know, you've heard that sometimes when you pray, you're actually worse off than before you pray because you end up just kind of praying your own thoughts and praying. You end up praying your fears and anxieties and worries and concerns, and you've, you've so much focused on your own self and your own fears and worries and concerns and problems and so forth that you're actually worse off after you pray. But if you settle your heart on this matter and you get your heart in agreement with this first, then your prayers will truly uh, bless God and benefit your own heart. So we pray, hallowed be your name in everything that happens to me. In, in whatever we suffer through or in whatever we enjoy uh, through trouble and success, uh, whether we have plenty or whether we're suffering need, we pray, Lord, our Father, hallowed be your name. In, in all of our circumstances, we pray that God would be honored and exalted and lifted up. And that kind of praying uh, turns our attention to God and it it sets us free uh, like nothing else. Uh, when we care most about God's name being honored, it's just like everything else in life falls into place. Uh, adversity and prosperity both become opportunities to glorify our Father. No matter what we're going through, uh, it seems really hard, it seems really painful, uh, not fun at all, and yet we, we, can, we can pray, Lord, in this, Hallowed be your name. May your name be honored and glorified and exalted in this. Our lives are freed by, when we pray like that, our lives are freed from just the crushing bondage of self-focus and focus on our own situations and feelings. And we have the, the liberty of a greater mission in life and that is to lift up God's name. When life is about His name and lifting up His name and not primarily about uh, my success or safety or pleasure, it uh, just gives such freedom and joy and fearlessness to go on in life. It's like, Lord, I'm here, you're here, and all we're worried about today is all glory and honor be to you. Hallowed be your name. Well, this prayer also includes the cry that God's name would be hallowed in the church. So we pray this, uh, that God's name would be regarded as holy, not just in my heart, but, but among his people, among all of us together. Remember, we are praying, Our Father, hallowed be your name. And so this is, this is something that we, sh 
we rally around together. We come together and we want our Father to be uh, hallowed. So, that should be a big focus that we have as a church. Uh, for the name of God to be honored, glorified, treated as holy, for the name of God to be hallowed among us. And there should be, I believe, much joy and singing, smiles, even laughter among the saints. Um, but the church is not primarily to be entertainment for us. It's not, you know, we're not here just primarily to have sermons filled with jokes and amusing stories. When we do that, we're telling people that we, that we don't take God seriously and that God is not to be taken seriously. I mean, in effect, we're saying God is not holy. We don't regard him as holy. So everything that we do as a church should show that we got, regard God as holy. And again, we, we don't do that by frowning or being unhappy. <laughs> we do a lot of that in joyous, celebratory worship. But, but we're here mainly to lift up his name, to honor and glorify him. So Jesus taught us as a church, as a group, as all of his disciples together, our Father, may your name regarded as holy. And again, that should be our foremost concern in church. It's, it's not primarily about our programs or not that we look good or sound good or appear successful or even professional. And we want to do things with excellence, but that's our primary concern is not that we look and appear professional but that we want God's name to be holy and exalted here in this place. And that's the reason we gather. That's the primary reason that we gather as a church family. We gather because we have a passion for the honor and the glory of God. And that's what gets us out of bed. Uh, that's what gets us to church. That's what gets us here for worship. That's why we gather for the honor and the glory and the praise of God in his name. We gather to show our reverence for his holiness, his love, and his goodness. Well, for us to treat God's name as holy uh, means uh, three practical things that I'd like to wrap up with. Uh, it means that we live as obedient children. Uh, when, when we bend our wills to his commands, that shows that we regard him as holy. That shows that we revere God. Uh, when we obey God, when the whole world is going another direction, uh, when we obey God, when we might be canceled for it, when we obey God, when we might lose friends for it, that shows that we have a high regard for God and his name. And so we, we honor God and we hallow God by living as obedient children when we, we bend our wills to his will. We show that we regard God as holy when we trust God. Um, when we react to our responsibilities and trouble with faith in God, Again, that shows that we have a high regard for God's greatness and his power and a high regard for his name. 
You know, when the Israelites got thirsty in the desert, they complained to Moses, uh, to put it mildly. And so God told Moses, uh, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together and speak to the rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. But if you know this story, Moses did not speak to the rock. Instead, he struck it. He hit it. He struck the rock with his staff. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. So, we don't know exactly what was going on here, but apparently Moses didn't think speaking to the rock was enough. He didn't just put simple faith in what God told him to do. He, he decided to do it his way. He felt that he had to do something different, something more than what God commanded him to do. So we, we hallow God's name by trusting in him, by taking him at his word. And so when we're in deep trouble when we're going through some really painful things, when, we, when our testimony is, God, I put my trust in you, and when other people see that, that honors God. That honors the name of God. When we uh, hallow God's name, it means that we rejoice in God. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have not pre- nothing prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we mentioned it earlier, but being happy in God is part of holiness. Finding God as, as our joy um, it is a way that we honor him and exalt him and show that he is holy. And it's just so interesting in that verse, uh, the reason for not grieving, the reason for rejoicing, the reason for going and enjoying choice food and sweet drinks is what? Because the Lord is holy. This day is holy to the Lord. So again, being happy in God is a part of holiness. It's not holy to be unhappy. It's not holy to be grumpy or sullen. Not at all. Um, that's, That's not what holiness looks like. When we rejoice in God and exhibit joy to others, we're showing that we regard God as glorious and he is worthy of our rejoicing in him. Uh, we, we hallow his name by being glad in him. And it's all throughout the scriptures, it's the righteous, it's the holy ones that are to rejoice. Uh, let the righteous rejoice and be glad. Let the righteous clap their hands and shout for joy. Let the righteous sing for joy. It's because that's one of the ways that we magnify his name, by rejoicing, being glad in the Lord. It's a part of 
of, it's a part of a holy life and it's a part of, of the way that we show that God's name is great and good and exalted and glorious and to be honored. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your holy name and the cry of our heart is that your name would be hallowed, honored, and glorified in our hearts and in this church.